This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. One of the biggest criticisms of McDonald's over the years has been the quality of their food, but with the shift to healthier eating that many Americans are making in the last several years, the fast food giant has been losing some of its power in the industry. In the last year or so, McDonald's has tried to make some changes to improve the quality of its food. Recently, Mickey D said that it was going to remove artificial components from some of its more popular items. But the question is, is what kind of an impact is this going to have? To discuss this move, we welcome in our friend Jason Reese, uh, Wharton uh, Marketing Lecturer here at uh, the Wharton School, and also joining us, Dr. Cheryl Davison, who is Associate Professor of Avian Medicine and Pathology at Penn Vets New Bolton Center. Great to see you both. Nice to see you again. Thank you again. Uh, From the marketing perspective, uh, these changes, how much of an impact do you think they're going to have? The sales numbers seemingly are still not exactly what McDonald's would like to see at this point, but I guess there's a little bit of a time frame that you have to kind of let this kind of work into the system. Yeah, there are some encouraging signs for McDonald's and sales are down, or at least sales growth is down in the restaurant industry. Generally, there are a number of other threats, including uh, minimum wage, which is hitting them harder than supermarkets, for example. But this is the kind of thing that they have to do. Their U.S. president said that Americans are now more concerned about where their food comes from than they ever have been. And that's what this is a response to. This company is one that has a global perspective, but seemingly the idea is that they need to focus on this issue more so here in the United States than maybe they even need to worry about overseas. Yeah, 40% of their profit or something like that comes from the U.S. market. So uh, trends that are of a concern here uh, are absolutely central to the company. Chicken is something that a lot of Americans uh, eat because they see it as a healthier option than than a burger or steak. Uh, Yet McDonald's has had a bad rap for a long time where chicken is concerned. These changes that they're talking about, and part of it dealing with the the uh, the use of specific antibiotics or no longer using them, how much of an impact do you see it as, Cheryl? We're, we're not quite sure exactly what the impact is going to be because um, we do know that the consumer wants products where the poultry is raised without antibiotics. And I want to make sure the listeners understand they use the, the term antibiotic-free. Right. But all poultry that end up on your plate is antibiotic-free. What we're talking about um, is that they're not using antibiotics during the life of that bird Right. versus some companies use antibiotics and they use it if they have a disease problem, they're going to use that. Um, and, and key here is that a veterinarian is involved with the use of those antibiotics and use of those antibiotics appropriately. Right. So I think that we're in a transition phase right now to see how this is all going to affect the, the market. And we know that the FDA has put a directive out that is going to go in place January 1 of this coming up year. And, and that really puts the veterinarian in the forefront of making sure the antibiotics are given appropriately, that we're not using those growth-promoting antibiotics, those low level of antibiotics, mm-hmm. and they're, they're used appropriately for treatment of those birds. So I think we're in that transition phase, and you're going to have some companies that use them and some companies that don't use them. So there, there are types of antibiotics that may still very well be used in this process, 
But the ones that are involving the medical process and, and such are the ones that are being taken out. The ones that are used in human medicine yes, are the correct. ones that yeah. are being taken out. And the other ones that are not related to human medicine uh, are still under the direction are going to be under the direction of a veterinarian. And so we're going to be writing prescriptions. We're going to be writing directives for feed, inclusion of, of antibiotics in the feed. But key here is that at the end, there's the with withdrawal times, et cetera, there's no antibiotics in your, your, your food that's on the table. How much does that realistically change the industry going forward? It, it has already changed the industry. It's yeah. changed the profile of the industry. So we're seeing many more companies using not using antibiotics more than we had seen in, in past years. And they do have to change their management as to uh, the uh, good management on the farm um, to make sure that they don't get the bacterial infection. So it's really a preventative medicine type right. of situation so they don't get the diseases, so they don't have to use the antibiotics. And from the marketing perspective, anytime companies start to mention antibiotic-free, you know, they're they're trying to, to take a path down a, a business angle, but... Those are two terms that you get them out in the public. They draw the attention of the consumer. And the idea is, as you said, you're, you're trying to reach the consumer that has changed their, their style of eating over the last decade or so. Yeah, that's right. This is largely for McDonald's a move about health perceptions rather than a move about health per se. Yeah. Um, health perceptions have been changing for some time. And a number of chains like Chipotle have tried to position themselves around a certain type of health perception. For them, that ended up backfiring. Um, let's see how McDonald's does with it. Can companies, I mean, the Chipotle incident probably shows it as well as anything that that no company, I think, can be totally proof from having something happen to them, especially when you're talking about locally sourced at this point. Yeah, that's right. That's always going to be a risk. There are always going to be safety issues in the food. And the professionals in the industry, led by people like Cheryl, know how to protect us from that. Um, but consumers' perceptions of those processes are very different from the very nuanced reality that Cheryl is describing. Is, is that a fair statement? I mean, it, 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 Chipotle has happened to them what happened to them. Uh, I mean, it could just as easily happen in the next several months to a McDonald's or a TGI Fridays, you, you know, you name it. N none of these companies are probably 100% certain that something won't happen. That's correct. And, and that's where the veterinarian comes in. And that's where we need to have veterinary input. And you just talked about, you know, local and local sourcing. And that's one area I do have a concern about with some of these smaller uh, flocks and, and uh, smaller groups of birds where mm -hmm. they don't have veterinary input. Right. And so I'm urging those folks when they call our, the, the lab and call me to really get a relationship with a veterinarian mm -hmm. so um, we can make sure that they have f safe food, uh, whether it's locally sourced going to some of the local restaurants, that they have safe food. They many, really need the input of a veterinarian. How many farms like that are, are out there these days? We don't know. We don't yeah. know the numbers, but we know that they're growing. Um, but we don't know the true numbers of those numbers of farms. But again, um, really urging people every time they call, make sure you have a relationship with a veterinarian. So when you do have a disease problem, because there's potentially going to be disease in your birds that yeah. we're appropriately diagnosing and treating them. Which we, we talked about with you, what was it, six to, six to nine months ago, uh, where there was a problem with... Uh, with, uh, with with birds in some parts of the Midwest, uh, that's something I guess that that and the eggs that that's something that's been taken care of to a degree, or is it still a concern? 
Uh, no, it's it's ta- been taken care of. But uh, again, I'm not that concerned about the larger commercial companies um, that are out yeah. there because they do have a veterinarian on staff. They do have veterinary input. What I'm concerned about are these smaller groups of, of birds that don't have that veterinary input and, and really urge them to get that input. So they're appropriately diagnosed with whatever disease and appropriately treated. I guess from a marketing perspective, and when you're talking about uh, chicken and, and, and hens, you're talking about what probably is going to be a growing segment of the sales for companies like McDonald's going forward because of people's want to go towards chicken. And, and obviously, McDonald's has made a big push with their breakfast, you know, the last uh, last uh, year or two as well. And that that's a big factor in terms of the eggs that they're using as well. Yeah, that's right. Beef consumption is down. Burger sales are down, uh, even to the extent that restaurant sales are growing not as quickly as they used to. To the extent they're growing, it's not coming from burgers. The burger proportion of that is coming down. And yeah, as you said, McDonald's with its push toward all day breakfast is going to be relying even more heavily on eggs. And they're and they're they're now trying to position around that. I think they have a tagline, fresh cracked eggs. Um, that's part of the image that, <laughs> what, they, what that does, they want. What does fresh cracked mean? <laughs> Uh, well, what it means is they're actually taking the egg that's in the shell and cracking it right yeah. there in the restaurant where before um, they may have had a product that was um, previously um, processed and, and brought to the restaurant. So, Yeah, considering the fact I used to have McDonald's breakfast from time to time and it, it almost looked like an egg patty, you never really felt that secure about the product that, the, that you were getting uh, in, a, in a breakfast meal. Uh, I heard a, a comment uh, made in, in one article that talked about McDonald's. McDonald's trying to become premium fast casual, uh, which obviously is making a suggestion that they're trying to take the next step up in terms of how people view them. Is that something that's possible for McDonald's with one, their history and two, the fact that they've always kind of been in this fast food segment? Yeah, it'll be a slow play, but it's a direction that they feel they need to go. And it's certainly a direction that they can go. The biggest place where fast casual plays out is in the interiors of the restaurants. Right. Do they look and feel more comfortable? Are they a place where you would like to uh, sit with a coffee and work on your computer and uh, have it not just be a place where there are kids running around eating their chicken nuggets and french fries? Um, and they and they have had some uh, made some efforts to create interiors that look and feel like that. The second place is around perceptions of food quality moving in the direction uh, that that Chipotle went. They were one of the founders of the fast casual category. And McDonald's is starting to use that kind of language and to have the kinds of processes that back it up. And again, that is uh, perceptions of quality and perceptions of health. Uh, It is still uh, an obesogenic uh, environment um, where people are getting very energy dense foods that are extremely high in calories. Um, and lead to weight gain. But it's interesting that we, you, you mentioned about how uh, burgers in terms of sales are down a little bit at, at a lot of those places like McDonald's, Wendy's. But seemingly we're seeing more and more of these specialty burger places popping up right. every week. Right. Uh, you know, at least in my neighborhood, I've, I've seen two or three pop up. Yeah. I mean, the success of Five Guys really caught uh, entrepreneurs' attention and a number of other chains have developed accordingly. Uh, Shake Shack, uh, for yeah. example, which is well represented here uh, in Philadelphia, um, probably would fit into the fast casual category rather than quick serve like McDonald's. It's a slightly better environment inside. The 
TVs that you can watch. They'll serve you a beer. Yeah. Um, but note that uh, uh, sales there have been uh, hammered as well. Um, Shake Shack is is down um, double digit percentages. Last numbers that I saw. Can, can a can a company like McDonald's, which obviously is is well known and has a history, uh, and if you travel around your neighborhood uh, or you travel on an interstate, chances are you've seen a big McDonald's tractor trailer rolling down the highway at some point. You know that for the most part, a lot of the product is in there that has been frozen and and maybe doesn't have that locally sourced, you know, fresh label that the, that McDonald's would like to have in it. Uh, can can a company like McDonald's really set up a structure where they can locally source a lot of the stuff that they will have in their particular restaurants in Philadelphia or New York or Chicago? Take your pick. Well, I mean, on the on the on the. Meat front show can probably speak to that better yeah. than I can, um, but I think the the local story is really only part of it. McDonald's is is an iconic American brand. At a certain level, people do feel comfortable with it. It feels like something that they are familiar with, part of their childhood, and there is a fundamental quality perception there that they have uh, an opportunity to build on. Just using the kinds of contemporary imagery and perceptions and concerns that Americans have now. Local is one of those, and local yeah. probably will continue to be part of the part of the dialogue and part of their process at at least at a at a symbolic level. Cheryl, that, I mean that's the interesting part because to do that, uh, you know, from your perspective, where you're talking about chicken and, and eggs, that's infrastructure that the company has to put in. So that's an investment that a company like McDonald's really has to make in order to be able to go down that road. Right, and I think in certain market areas, you can do that local because in the Northeast uh, with all the chicken on Delmarva and all the yeah. chicken meat there, yeah. we've got a large population of hens that lay eggs in Pennsylvania. And so in, in certain markets, local will be very easy to achieve. In other markets, it may not be so easy in, in areas where you don't have a large uh, population of poultry, trying to put that infrastructure in place and, and, and get those fresh products to, um, to, to their stores. Is it, is it easier uh, for them to be able to do more locally sourced with their eggs in comparison to, to the chicken that they would use? In a, in a particular restaurant, or is there any real difference between the two? I don't think there's any real difference. Um, I think it's just the, the the distance factor. So again, in the Northeast, um, yeah. there there is a um, we've got many producers in the Northeast, whether it's meat or whether it's eggs. Um, but if you go into other some other markets, um, you don't have that concentration that uh, that you can rely on. 844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join us in the conversation. Uh, Jason Reese from the Wharton School, Dr. Cheryl Davison, who's uh, with the PennVet New Bolton Center. Uh, your comments are welcome. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Then there's the McNugget issue. And this has been around for quite some time. How does McDonald's get around that issue? Because it's been talked about, it's been written about, it's been in the news media for so long. It, it, I'm almost to the point where they almost need, I think, it, they need to consider to get rid of the concept of the McNugget. Because I don't think there's anything positive that they can build off from that term now. Not from the term, except that, well, people have positive associations of the taste, Um 
Kids love them. Many adults love them. Um, chicken fingers, is that a big, better term? I mean, that you know, that's widespread on children menus, even at casual dining restaurants. Yeah. Um, it's almost a staple food for restaurant goers when it comes to feeding small children. I think if they can make a way to have people believe that the product is uh, better and healthier, um, that's the dire- I mean, that is the direction that they're trying to go. It's not just the antibiotics, but taking some of the preservatives out yeah. uh, of the batter and the, and the meat itself. That was part of the, the current announcement. There's no evidence that that makes the chicken nuggets healthier. Right. Um, and I don't even think McDonald's would make that claim. Uh, but it does change the the perception of them just a little bit, and that may be enough. Cheryl? I, I think it's essential that they have to have some form of a chicken finger, chicken nugget, whatever, on right. their menu. They right. have to have that. So they um, – because – when parents go into that restaurant, that's what the children want. And, and, and so you need to keep some form on there. And, and so I think what they're doing right now with changing the ingredients and um, uh, with the perception that it'll be healthier, um, that's a good way of going. But they have to keep it on their menu. They're being really careful not to change the taste. That was a big part right. of the announcement um, when they said they've, they've taken some of the preservatives out. Uh, taking the taking the artificial preservatives out, uh, they they did that uh, months of um, experimentation and innovation, and then months of testing to but make how, sure that consumers could not tell the difference taste wise. How much of that though is and you know this would go into the research. How much of that is the coating that they put on this on this chicken product compared to the actual chicken product itself? And and it's probably more on the coating than it is than anything else. That would be my guess, too. We would need a culinary expert in here, uh, probably. We, but that, we, that have, a chicken, we have a chicken idea. expert in here, but I don't know. But who, not a culinary right, expert, exactly. so I don't know how much is in the coating at well, all. And, and we know you probably haven't been to a McDonald's in the, in the last couple of months. No. Exactly right. Uh, Dr. Cheryl Davison from the, the New Bolton Center here uh, with the Penn Veterinary School and uh, Jason Reese from the Market Department uh, at uh, the Wharton School. Uh, joining us, your comments are welcome at 844-942-7866. You still do have the calorie issue, which in, in, in I think all restaurants is going to be a national thing next year or 2018, if, if memory serves me, where it's going to have to be on, on every menu uh, now in terms of calorie counts. Uh, I know it's here in Philadelphia. They passed law. It's been something that has been pushed in cities. Uh, but uh, the calorie issue is still a big problem for places like McDonald's and and other ones, other fast food restaurants. Yeah, um, a national mandate for calorie labeling was built into the Affordable Care Act. It's behind schedule. Presumably, it will eventually happen. But in the jurisdictions where it, where it has taken effect, including Philadelphia and first done in New York several years ago, it's not clear that the calorie labeling has a huge impact on on consumer choices. Um, Eventually, it just becomes part of the background, and people kind of ignore it. And it's easy to do fuzzy lab, uh, fuzzy math with calorie labels. Um, you know, the difference between eating a 700 calorie meal and a 500 calorie meal. Um, that's the difference between gaining weight and not. Um, yeah. But it, it it's difficult to do the math at the cash register and. Uh, be sure that you're ending up with, with just enough. I think a Big Mac has fewer than 500 calories. Um, so there isn't a ton of sticker shock in the calorie numbers just from the labeling. I think the innovation in, in calories, if the restaurant industry ever does come to take it on, is going to come from a few different places. But one of them will be 
creating the right kinds of, of bundles, having some yeah. of the calorie-dense stuff that's, that's absolutely delicious, that they've been great at making inexpensively and quickly and conveniently uh, for years, but mixing that in with less calorie-dense items like vegetables and not having such a hit on the taste. Don't make people choose between salad and french fries. Give them just enough of both. Yeah. That's where we're going to win the calorie battle. But it's still that relationship between the the farm and the corporation becomes that much more important now because of some of these changes, the, the focus on the antibiotics, uh, you know, what the structure of what is coming from the farm and going to McDonald's or going to a Wendy's or, you know, you name the restaurant it is going to be that much more important as we go forward in the next few years, as we were talking about, because of the consumers change in, in what they want from a product when they go to go to a fast, casual restaurant. But I... W- the industry itself has dealt with these changes that we've seen over the years, whether yeah. it's related to um, how a bird is raised, whether they're in a cage or they're not in a cage. Yeah. So we've seen the industry be flexible and look at how they're producing these products right. for the companies. And so I don't see that they're going to have that difficulty to make those changes. And they have slowly been making those changes and, and uh, to for the, for the consumer and what the consumer wants and what the companies need to put out. I guess in some respects, it was almost the, now the, the corporations kind of getting on board with, that, with this understanding. I mean, as you said, the farmers and, and, and the, the industry knew exactly what was going on. The consumers knew what was going on, yet it was the, the restaurants themselves that, that kind of had to, to come to the table a little bit. That's right. And so they're at the table and um, they still need to listen to the consumers. And, and just as Jason said, they need a choice there also. So you're yeah. going to have a certain segment of the population that um, do not want uh, poultry that have been raised with antibiotics. You may have another segment that don't really have that preference. So we do need to give them that whole spectrum. And that's what the industry is, has been doing. Is it the expectation now with some of these changes, and obviously we got to see how they're going to play out, that McDonald's may be able to start to turn a corner? Do you think that's possible? I myself think it's possible. Um, I think they'll continue to have a successful business and that there is a path to growth there. But there's going to continue to be um, innovation from other other players in the field, um, including the other big fast food chains. But McDonald's is probably getting close to parity or maybe even ahead. Um, chains like Burger King, um, KFC have not, have, have not tried to be ahead of the game on, on some of these kinds of innovations. Yeah, because you have Burger King putting hot dogs in their menu. Like you know, that's gonna, that's going to work for them, right? And that, you know, they're they're aggressively <laughs> ramping up uh, the calorie content to some of the items in their dishes, but they're not doing the things like the antibiotic-free uh, that some of the fast casual chains were, and the McDonald's is now doing. They're not doing that. But as you as you said before, there's a, there's an expectation of to a degree when you go to a place like this, you're almost expecting to have a little bit of a higher higher calorie count than you would at a Chipotle or you know a, a salad place mm-hmm. you know you name it so it's it's almost look the buyer has to understand if you're if you're going to a McDonald's to try and get the best meal you're not going to get that yeah no one's going there for a low calorie meal but can it be uh, you know can it be more moderate? And it's not It's not higher calorie than Chipotle. And that's part yeah. of the amazing thing about this yeah. health perception um, 
psychology of health perception. We, when, when we hear terms like natural, organic, GMO-free, antibiotic-free, we kind of lump that in with calories, and it's a completely separate issue. Great to have you both here again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Cheryl Davidson from uh, Penn Vets New Bolton Center, uh, Jason Reese, uh, marketing lecturer here at the Wharton School. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.